Uh, so welcome, everyone. So there's uh, really a lot of noise around the digital transformation, and this is clearly not helping senior executives to take the right decisions on both ways, where and how to put their focus and also investments. And also, it's not helping managers who have to lead such transformation. If you're attending this uh, webinar, it's because you are involved or you, you're going to be involved in such a transformation and you need some, you need some clarity. So that's my uh, objective for, uh, for today. So this is a, a very interesting number. 84% of any digital transformation fail. So this is a, a, a very high number. I would say even an incredible number. So why is it so high? We could even ask ourselves the question, why should we even bother embarking into such time-consuming, low-outcome journey? It's almost like playing uh, uh, to the lottery. Uh, and I guess if you play to the lottery, you have uh, more chance to, uh, to win. So why should we? And uh, we will uh, discuss this point in a, in a minute. So don't get me wrong at all. I'm not against uh, the digitalization. Actually, I think this is really necessary. Uh, considering the current uh, context where we are in. Uh, there's no other choice, uh, I have to say, and that's probably why the failure rate is so high. Companies are literally rushing to digitalize everything, and they fall into the digital transformation traps. And those traps, I'm going to, to present uh, you, uh, all of them, uh, in a uh, in few minutes. A bit about myself. So, Rishi introduced... Uh, who I was, so I'm partner of B2G Consulting, um, which is a consulting firm specializing in supply chain transformation. So I have personally supported several organizations into their transformation journey. So just to name uh, a few of our uh, customers, we have uh, L'Oréal, uh, Schindler, the elevator company, Estée Lauder, uh, just to name a few, a few. And I would like to share with you today some of my takeaways regarding the digital transformation traps and how to avoid the common ones. So let's have a look first um, about the where we are in terms of uh, supply chain management, because this is where uh, the story starts, in fact. So the traditional supply chains are, in fact, uh, uh, with the suppliers, it starts by, uh, by them. They manufacture components, uh, raw materials, they deliver to the manufacturers, they produce uh, finished goods. Uh, then it's uh, sent to distributors uh, to be shipped to, uh, so in some cases, retailers and then to some customers. And as you can see, it's a very linear supply chain. There are many silos and uh, the main focus is actually uh, to minimize the costs and also to try to figure out how to maximize the profits and, if possible, the service level. And in short, the service level is how to make the customer happy. And this comes uh, at the end. So to be clear, that's the, the traditional supply chain. It was already, and it is still a headache to optimize it. Now we are moving to the modern supply chain. And as you can see, there are uh, a lot of different uh, dimensions. It's a multi-dimensional supply chain, offline, online. There are different channels, distributors, resellers, direct to consumers, e-commerce, etc. And um, even for the, the customers that you, you will see here, you have different segments of your customers. You can have commerce, customers in the mass market, in the premium or, or any different uh, type of uh, segments. Uh, there's also plenty of data 
in this uh, in this supply chain, which are usually sleeping. And um, you, you can see that in fact the focus here it's not anymore the uh, the cost. It's actually how to make the customer happy, satisfied, uh, and at the same time how to remain profitable. And this make the supply chain much more complex. So let's look at the uh, the root cause of the this shift. So first of all, it's the rapid globalization. So there's nothing new uh, with the globalization, but with internet and e-commerce, you can buy any products being manufactured in China, for example, distributed out of Poland. And while you live in, uh, in Australia or France, for example, there are no more boundaries. So I know that in some uh, countries, they tend to build some, uh, some walls uh, and start to become popular, but there are actually no more boundaries in, uh, in the world in terms of, uh, of commerce. So whether you, you like it or not, that's a, that's a fact. The second aspect is the, the fierce competition. Um, the customers have a choice today. They can walk away if they're not happy about your products or your service. And put simply, in a, a race to satisfy the customer at any cost, the bar keeps being raised. And the other day, I was visiting Decathlon in, uh, in Singapore. And now they are delivering within two hours. So what does it mean? It means that once the market has been accustomed to this, they won't go back. And the two-hour delivery will become the standard, not the exception. Third point, the evolution of uh, technology. So there's a good side and also a bad side. So now you can do anything with technology. And I'm not talking about any exotic technology such as uh, artificial intelligence, but today you can use technology um, to actually support any of your, um, of your operations, uh, of your uh, transformation journey. And the last part is the, uh, the consumer shift. So I call it the, uh, the anytime, anywhere challenge. So you may know the, the bucket challenge. So that's the bucket challenge for, for the supply chain, the anytime, anywhere. And typically, the customers want everything, everywhere, and if possible, at the lowest cost. And they want it also more personal. And that's the key challenge for, for supply chain. And this explains, in fact, the, uh, the shift in terms of, uh, of market and also in terms of supply chain. So let's have a look at the consequences. So the first point is uh, the playing field. Most of uh, companies are confused. Their playing field is uh, completely disrupted. Their usual reference points have moved. Uh, and they are asking themselves the question, are we still relevant in the marketplace? And even a giant... Uh, a leading companies such as L'Oréal, uh, uh, which, which is one of our clients, are asking themselves those questions. Second point is the increased customer expectations. So I, uh, I talked a bit about it. And in fact, customers um, tend to um, increase the expectations more and more. And uh, in an era where the customer service, the customer intimacy is, uh, is king, we tend to, to actually satisfy or try to satisfy any customer's expectations. And the issue is that their expectations are not always uh, very clear, and sometimes they are unrealistic. Uh, but since the customer uh, always wants more, we tend to give them more. 
continuous recalibrations. So that's uh, an important uh, uh, point also. What was true yesterday is not necessarily true today, and it won't definitely be true tomorrow, which requires uh, businesses to always adjust their business model or positioning, or in some cases, both, to be able to adjust themselves to the, the market needs. And the last part, um, as presented before, because of the market, uh, of this market complexity, supply chains have consider considerably grown in, uh, in complexity uh, as well. So in the end, the, this market shift has led to a supply chain shift. And the key question is how to address the underlying supply chain transformation, which is at the heart of any business or digital transformation. And typically, the anytime, anywhere challenge is a, a supply chain challenge and nothing else. Having said that, digitalization is only a mean. Uh, yes, it's a, a useful mean, but it's not the purpose. And what you want to achieve needs to be defined beforehand. And I mean, in a business perspective. And this can be only addressed by the supply chain or the majority of it. So before talking about digitalization, we need to address the supply chain transformation. So I'm going to give you a few uh, interesting numbers again. So nothing new here, 84% of uh, digital transformation failure rate. And we have on the supply chain perspective, 70% of all supply chain transformation uh, also uh, fail, which is uh, a bit better than the digital transformation, but still uh, very high. So what does it mean concretely? And uh, my question uh, at the beginning still remains uh, unanswered. Why so many business transformation fail? That's a key, uh, a key question. So I'm going to give you a few, uh, few elements here. So the cause of the failure, there's, uh, I would say, first of all, uh, a clear confusion between digitalization and transformation. The, uh, the transformation actually should happen before the digitalization. And some key business questions need to be answered before embarking into any digital journey. So the confusion comes from the fact that there's a, a really a lack of understanding of what is the digitalization and how to address it. And in fact, there's two important points, uh, which is how uh, to conduct a digital transformation, which is the awareness and the capabilities. It's whether we have the expertise uh, in-house to lead such transformation. So let's have a deeper look at the, the two, uh, those two points. So here, automation, digitalization. Those are two very interesting concepts. So there's also a lot of uh, confusion uh, between automation and digitalization. So most organizations think that digitalization is automating their processes. Uh, it's not at all. And um, if you don't change uh, your business model, uh, you are not addressing your challenges that you are facing, you, you won't change uh, anything. In fact, uh, automation um, can be useful. In fact, you can uh, actually um, manage your processes faster the, the key issue here is if you don't have the right processes in place, you will just do them wrongly faster. And that's the, the key issue. 
So automation is a, is a valid, relevant purpose uh, also. Uh, but on the other hand, the digitalization somehow forces you to look at your business model and how you could make it better. Also, in, uh, in both cases, uh, between the automation and the digitalization, uh, we are talking about technology. Uh, but the difference is, is pretty important. So in summary, um, I would say organizations are, are rushing to do a digital transformation, but they are unclear on what it is. So for sure, the output, the results, cannot be satisfactory if the input, the why, isn't clear. So lack of uh, capabilities, that's uh, also uh, some interesting uh, statistics. So 52% of um, senior execut executives um, admit that they are struggling with their digital uh, implementation due to a lack of capabilities. So basically, they don't know, they are not familiar uh, with the technology, and they think it's a, it's a barrier. Uh, overall, 52% sounds like a, a very low uh, number, but at least uh, we have 52% of senior executives uh, who are honest, uh, because I think the number is uh, much higher. Um, on the on the end, you have only 5% of them who are satisfied about the digital transformation. And the number is, uh, is also very, uh, very, very low, I would say. Uh, so some key critical questions uh, are still unanswered here, and it's how to structure such program, uh, which technology to use, how to find the, the right provider. It's uh, always a key question. Which approach to... Uh, to follow whether we should go uh, with a big bang approach or a more agile which is a step-by-step -step, uh, approach how to manage the transition from the old system to the new system and in some cases you may have uh, all the systems in parole so several systems that you want to consider consolidate into one system um, so how do you make this uh, transition and here we are not even talking about the, the change management, which is a, a huge enabler. So how do we move forward from, uh, from here? So if you are um, already engaged in such transformation and you do not see the, the end of the tunnel, I would suggest that you pause your digital transformation. And it's, it's not an easy one, to be, to be honest, to be frank. Uh, once you, you've started, uh, a lot of investment uh, have been made, decisions also, the top management is somehow engaged. So you can't just say, let's pause and let's stop. So it, it, takes, it really takes guts and authority. Uh, but that's the, the right thing to do. And instead of running like uh, headless uh, chicken uh, and fail your transformation, you just need to say, look, this transformation is critical for the organization. We need to get it right. And the way we are managing it does not seem to be in the right way. So let's pause and ask the tough questions here. So the tough questions will be the, the why are we doing this? Where do we expect to be after? And this can only be addressed in redesigning your business model or your supply chain operations. Then, and only then, you need to ask yourself, is there any opportunities for digitalization? Does it make sense to, to do it? Where does it make sense to do it? And maybe we don't need to digitalize everything, but part of our business, maybe the front end, maybe the back end, or some business processes, order to cash, procure to pay, etc. 
So that's very important to to follow these steps and uh, and and start to think uh, somehow backward if you have you are already engaged in a, a digital transformation and you don't see any uh, any benefits yet. So let's get to the how now. So I'm going to give you, uh, I would say, some of my uh, secret uh, sauce. I'm not a, a chef, but uh, we we do have, a, I would say, I wouldn't call it secret formula. It will be more um, a, a sequence that uh, which is important to follow. Uh, and there are some key enablers to consider if you want to, to succeed. So the first one um, is capabilities, and I uh, mentioned it uh, earlier. So you need to have the expertise to drive the transformation. Uh, I will explain it a bit uh, later what uh, I mean by that. The second enabler is culture. Uh, all right, this is a really a deal breaker. If you don't, if you do not work on the culture, uh, the the game is over, and that's actually the toughest part of the transformation. Then the C-suite, this is also uh, an obvious part, but the, uh, if there's no commitment of the top management, you can uh, stop right here. In fact, you, you can stop listening to this webinar and forget everything I've just told you uh, and move on to something else. Uh, you can grow some uh, organic uh, potatoes or, or tomatoes or, or bake some uh, um, cookies or cakes or anything else, uh, because if you don't have the support of your top management, you won't be able to succeed in this transformation journey. That's uh, that's really key. It could be the CEO or anybody from the C-suite. Um, and if uh, you don't get this, uh, this support, it is uh, really no, no, no point of uh, going forward. Capabilities. So there's, uh, I would say, some interesting uh, aspects uh, here. So in many cases, um, organizations think that they, they need to hire an army of consultants or external uh, supports to run the, the transformation. And in fact, the um, from my experience, the highest results are usually obtained when the transformation is organic, which means that it's done by your own staff. In fact, they, they may need um, external support on some aspects, on some technical expertise to frame the transformation, to design the change management approach. But the, the pilot in the driver's seat cannot be uh, an external. So you need to dedicate resources, at least the core team, uh, on a full-time basis. Uh, not every everybody needs to be uh, full-time, but at least the core team should be. Um, now on the flip side, uh, your current teams may not have the capabilities in terms of uh, digital technology on uh, uh, data science, uh, also on the more soft aspects such as uh, cultural and change management. And, uh, and here you can definitely hire a consultant to, to support you on those, uh, on those expertise. But again, this transformation should be your baby and you have to make sure that uh, you are driving it from, uh, from inside. So culture, that's uh, an important uh, aspect, as I mentioned. So focus on change management. Change management is a must. So the starting point should be the, to, to focus on the value chain, which uh, starts from the customer, uh, actually. So what does the customers want? 
and it's usually not what you want internally. Uh, you really need to align what is valuable for the customers and then to focus your business uh, around it. Um, this reminds me of a, of a client for whom we, we were asked to optimize their distribution network. And uh, we, asked the, we asked the client what mattered the, the most to them. And they answered, um, you know, it's the product quality and, and availability. We have to make sure that our products are great and they are available for our customers. And I asked, okay, but what about the, the cost? And um, they, they answered, you know, we don't care about the cost. Our customers don't care about the cost. So it's, a, it's, a, it's not a topic. So what we did is we, we conducted a, a voice of the customer survey. So basically, we asked uh, um, three questions to, to their customers. In fact, we asked a little bit more, but the, we asked them to rank uh, the top three criteria that matter the most for them. And of course, product quality was number one. So they were aligned on that. And I think nowadays, uh, having a great product is, is, is by default. That's the minimum you can have, else you won't be in business. But the number two and the number three, guess what? Where product cost in number two and logistics cost in number three. So those are two um, important criteria uh, which were being completely ignored by our client. Although they were extremely important for uh, their own customers and if you don't focus on what matter what matters the most for your your customers then you are missing uh, part of the of the picture so start by asking uh, your customers what do you value the most and don't assume it the workforce um, the agents of the change has to be again uh, from the inside so Hiring an army of consultants won't help much. Uh, it may make you uh, uh, poorer, but uh, it won't necessarily support you on the uh, to succeed in your transformation journey. So you really need to own the delivery and train your, your staff, uh, the change uh, agent, to drive the change on the ground. So that's uh, very important to sustain the, the momentum. Uh, digital transformation journey is uh, usually very long. So you have to make sure that all the, the teams and the organization remains engaged throughout the, uh, the transformation journey. The C-suite. So I mentioned the importance of the, of the commitment of the C-suite. So I'm not uh, necessarily talking about financing the transformation, uh, just putting money and then uh, waiting for the results. The C-suite or the sponsor of the, of the program, of the digital transformation uh, program needs to play an active uh, uh, part uh, in promoting the journey and making sure that the momentum is sustained. So the teams working on a day-to-day basis have to make sure the change, the change agents too have to make sure that they sustain the momentum. But the importance of the C-suite is also uh, key uh, here. So it also means to align the recognition system and the incentives uh, which have to be aligned with the objectives of the transformation. So basically, everybody working in the digital transformation, and it should be uh, the entire organization, should have their bonuses or some kind of incentives uh, linked to uh, the, uh, the, the success of the transformation uh, program. Else, the organization will continue to focus on their day-to-day uh, -day work, and they will only support the transformation whenever they have a bit of time, which, uh, uh, to be clear, never uh, happens. 
So uh, we are arriving uh, at the end of, uh, of my presentation. So to conclude, um, there's um, no doubt the digital transformation is, um, is not e even a question, it's a must, uh, else it will be left behind. And that's uh, not a threat, that's a predictable fact. So uh, before embarking into any transformation, um, B organization needs to learn how to transform. And here I'm not talking about digital transformation, business transformation, or supply chain transformation, which is which is similar to the business transformation. It's really in how we are going to tackle any transformation internally. Then the mean, whether it's digital, whether it's processes, whether it's it's people or anything else, is is secondary somehow. Uh, number three, it's um, to be clear uh, about the, the differences uh, between transformation, which is not necessarily uh, digitalization and which is different from automation. All of them are useful. They all have a purpose, but uh, they, they are not the same concepts. Number four, it's, that's also uh, very important the engagement and the empowerment of uh, the change agent internally everybody should be empowered and engaged to make the transformation successful again it's not a matter of outsourcing the transformation to external parties it has to be done internally and to be successful you have to make sure that your internal teams are empowered and, uh, and engaged and the last part, uh, let's be quite clear, it's not going to be a, 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 an easy one at the digital transformation. So you really need to put some skin uh, in the game if you, if you want to, to succeed. Thanks a lot for your participation. So now we'll move uh, to the Q&A section. Thank you, Frederick. So now we'll go ahead and take some questions. Um, just a reminder, Please be sure to type in your questions into the question box in your control panel in case you haven't already. Uh, Frederick, it looks like we have a few questions now. Uh, the first one up is from Mr. Bernard. It's uh, regarding the program framing. How do you frame such digital transformation programs? And that's a very interesting uh, question. So I will need a, a little bit more time, but just to give you some, uh, some insight. And to frame uh, such a digital transformation, you need to look at uh, all the different aspects of, uh, of a transformation, uh, typically. So there's, uh, for digital transformation, the technology, which is uh, an important one. So you need to have a, a work stream dedicated to the technology itself. But you also need to have um, a work stream dedicated to the change management and uh, the communication to make sure that you can keep the momentum uh, running. And that's, uh, again, really important. Uh, in some organizations, uh, when you start a project, uh, regardless of the nature of the project, everybody is very excited at the beginning. And uh, after a few months, uh, you have less and less people engaged, and after uh, 12 or, or 18 months, there's uh, nobody left. So it's really important to, to focus on also uh, the communication and the change management as being a, a strong um, uh, work stream uh, also uh, to make sure that you, you can sustain the, the, the momentum. Uh, that's key in the in the success of the of the program another part is i mentioned the culture but you need to frame or i would say to to decide on how you're going to conduct the digital transformation based on your culture or cultural specificities 
you can't just take a, a, a standard approach and and use it uh, just like that. You have to make sure that the um, be the, the the way you're going to approach the the digital transformation is aligned with the, the cultural specificities of your uh, organization. If you are in, in an organization where um, people are uh, uh, it's uh, very much uh, emotional, uh, let's say. You, you can't apply a, a top-down approach, uh, uh, a military, uh, applying a military discipline, for example, uh, in, or in a very scientific, uh, scientific way. Uh, you need to take into consideration what the, how the culture uh, looks like and which approach you need to, uh, to, to apply to it. Thank you, Frederick. So the next stop is a question from Ariel. It's, uh, you mentioned decoding the culture. Do, how do you decode the culture and shift it towards the transformation objectives? Uh, yes, usually we, when we start a, a, a digital transformation journey, we, we conduct what we call a onion culture decoding workshop. So it's a, a lot of uh, uh, words or acronyms uh, to, to say a few things. We really need to understand uh, what the culture stands for, because when you want to change uh, the way people are working, the way they are operating, uh, definitely you will start to touch the culture. The evil, uh, the heroes, uh, the the traditions, uh, all of that will be uh, will be will be touched. And uh, when you start to touch the culture, the culture uh, tends to defend itself. And we we've worked, for example, with companies uh, such as Schindler, for example, the the levator company or L'Oréal. Those companies are more than uh, they have more than hundred years of uh, of of culture. You, you can't come uh, fresh out of nowhere and say we're going to change the culture. It's impossible. So what uh, you need to do is to understand the, the codes of the culture and use it so that you can shift slowly, little by little, uh, all aspects which are not um, anymore aligned with the, the, the business model or what you need to achieve um, without fighting the culture. So that's the, the, the way, in fact. Thanks, Frederick. Uh, next up, we have a question from Mr. Nishan. Um, so he agrees that the organic transformation is critical, but many organizations don't really get it. So do you have any tips or any first steps for the same? And to, yes, the, I mean, there were several, uh, several phases, uh, I would say, I mean, uh, as a consultant, I can talked about uh, about them where uh, everything was uh, every transformation was outsourced to uh, uh, to a lot of consultants uh, and, and and then uh, they would expect it to uh, to run and in fact uh, or to succeed on reach the their expectations and in the end it's uh, in fact it's not working like that it's uh, you really need to take uh, the consultants for what they are they are experts they have some expertise they, they have some knowledge and uh, you may uh, use them in terms of, um, I would say, uh, change management if your organization is not very strong uh, on it. And usually to have an external perspective on your own culture, it's, it's not very easy to do it yourself. So it's uh, pretty much uh, useful uh, to use external consultants. Also on the technology part, uh, uh, since we are talking about digital transformation, uh, you may not have internally uh, across your IT department, the key uh, experts on, on some specific topics. 
So here you can have uh, some add-ons, but they have to be considered as, uh, as add-ons. Um, and also, uh, which is quite important, uh, to prepare the digital transformation in terms of how you're going to frame it, how you're going to conduct it, um, to make sure that the transformation is going to be successful and applicable to, to your organization, uh, you may need uh, external, uh, external consultants. So I would say organic is the way. Uh, however, you, you may need some support uh, on, some, uh, on some specific topics, which, which is a good blend, based on my experience. All right, uh, so if we have a couple of more questions. Uh, the next one is, uh, how long is usually a digital transformation for uh, in terms of duration? It really depends on the scope, uh, but I would say um, uh, anywhere between uh, 18 to 24 months, and in some cases, uh, it can last uh, three years. So again, it will depend on uh, how much you want to, to transform your, uh, your, your business or to digitalize your, your business. All right. So the next question is from uh, Nasiba. It's what's the best way to learn how to transform? Do you advise, uh, what, what is your advice asking for external help? Uh, <laughs> that's a very interesting question. Uh, yeah. I think it's um, that's a good point. You you need to not to think in terms of digital transformation or in terms of supply chain transformation or business transformation or but probably in a, in in few uh, few years there will be uh, something else in terms of transformation. It's not the it's not the mean. You, you really need to to stop looking at the. Uh, the mean and in the first batch of your transformation is to build the, the capability of transforming the organization. And I mentioned a few things. Uh, culture is one thing. Empowering uh, your people is uh, another thing. Communication, change management are, I would say, the, the key enablers in terms of um, on, on how to learn to, to transform uh, an organization, a culture, uh, so that you can then move uh, move forward. All right, Frederick, the next question is, uh, so uh, we have a question from uh, Dom. So that asks how how to manage difficult, so is it always the case where we have to transform the entire business model? And um, also how to manage the difficulties in IT department when they're leading to digital transformations? So I believe you've answered a part of it, but the first part is, uh, yeah. You have two questions. So the first one, I'm a sh short, uh, short-term memory. So you need to remind me the second part. So the first one is. Rishi. Oh, yeah. So the first one is that uh, is it always the case where we have to transform the entire business model? Okay. So for this first question, uh, as I mentioned, you don't need to transform everything. And um, I would say uh, one of the, the, the confusion also was that most companies thought that they had to, to rush off all, everything, all the business model, uh, their positioning, etc., and to, to, to 
conduct a big bang uh, approach and uh, and really uh, uh, their name was company a and uh, after the digital transformation uh, their name is company b uh, it's not always the case in some cases you need to to do it but it's not uh, it's it's not uh, i would say the always the case you can focus on some aspects of your uh, digitalization you can always uh, plan the your uh, digital transformation journey in uh, in cycles uh, so that you can uh, you can look on the, the back end, the, the front end, for example, or some business key business processes. So it doesn't have to be uh, everything at the, at the same time. And the second question was. Uh, the second question was how do you def uh, manage the difficult you know, difficulties in the IT department when they're leading to digital transformations. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one. Uh, there's always a fight between uh, the IT department and the and the business. Uh, they don't understand each other. Uh, IT think IT, uh, business thinks uh, business, uh, obviously. So um, in most of the digital transformation I've been involved in, uh, IT has been a problem, uh, to be honest. Uh, so this is where the change management and communication play uh, an important role. Uh, you really need to, um, I would say, massage them, uh, sit down, talk to them, make sure that they are uh, on the same page, that you don't have two different projects within the same project, which is a IT project led, uh, uh, led by the, the IT department and the, uh, the, the business uh, side led by the, the, the business uh, guys. You really have to make sure that uh, you have a multi um, uh, functional teams uh, with some uh, IT uh, representatives in it and some business in it. Uh, I would say for a successful uh, digital uh, transformation, you need to have uh, at the head the, the business because the business knows what, uh, what should be the, the outcome and the, the IT should be the, the enabler. Uh, but to be clear, it's uh, usually not the case. Most digital transformation are led by uh, the IT department and they, they think of it as, a, as an IT project, which is the, the, the main issue. The next question from LaSalle is, uh, how long does it take to manage a digital transformation and do we need to hire new profiles for this journey? So for how long, uh, I already answered uh, or provided few elements. So it should be, uh, well, usually it takes uh, between uh, 18, uh, 18 months for a quick one to 24, uh, in some cases, 36 months, uh, depending on the scope. So if you transform everything, uh, usually three years, it's uh, a minimum. If you look at uh, a few parts uh, of the scope, uh, then uh, it, can be, it can be shorter. Uh, in terms of um, profiles, uh, I would say it depends. You can have uh, interim profiles or consultants specifically uh, on where you think the, your organization lacks of, uh, uh, of, uh, of expertise. Uh, you definitely need to have um, a PMO uh, to manage the, the, the transformation. And I have to say uh, an independent PMO. The PMO can be... Uh, internal, that's possible, uh, but it can also be uh, external. Uh, I would say the only um, constraints is that it can't be linked to any vendor or, or to the technology or, or any department. He has to make sure that uh, he has uh, independent views uh, and, and run the different parties uh, in, uh, in the same way. 
Um, and then, uh, so that's for the project management side and for the, the other, uh, other profiles, it depends on, uh, on what is the purpose of your, uh, of your digital transformation. If you have, uh, if you need some specific expertise on e-commerce, for example, uh, or, or anything else and that you don't have in-house, uh, definitely you need to, to hire uh, some profiles uh, there. There's a, one way of doing it also, which is quite uh, efficient. You, you can have uh, um, either consultants or interim guys uh, in between to manage the transition and then hire those profiles uh, after when the, your, your processes and when the capabilities are, are have been uh, developed. All right, really, thanks. Uh, so the last question we have, uh, so before that, uh, in case there are any more questions, you can post them in now. Um, Frederick, the last question is that, uh, is it really important to have a top management buy-in and why? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, it's not important. It's critical. Uh, first, because they are financing the, the, the transformation uh, journey. So if you don't have any resources or money, it's uh, or even the commitment of the organization, uh, you won't be able to mobilize uh, the, the, the organization. Uh, first thing is, uh, usually I would say the uh, the the mobilization it's uh, across the entire organization, which means everybody's involved uh, to some extent uh, to the the digital transformation. Which means you need to have uh, uh, someone at the, uh, at the at the top level, which uh, can't be uh, anybody else than the CEO, who actually send a strong message that this is important for for us, this is important for the company, and everybody should be um, should be involved and do uh, his or her best uh, to towards the success of the digital transformation. And if you don't have this commitment at uh, at the top, then uh, as I explained in terms of incentive. Uh, also, you, you can't have uh, any uh, any recognition uh, linked to the to the success of the transformation. So you, you need to have that, and those decisions can only be taken at the at the top level. That's a key uh, a key element to make sure that the transformation is uh, uh, reaches uh, its objectives. Great. Uh, so it looks like we've covered uh, all the questions, Frederick. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Or and, and in case someone wants to speak, they can raise their hands as well. So, Frederick, with you. That's fine for me. Thanks a lot. Uh, in any case, you can always contact me at the email address that you you see on the on the screen. Uh, if you have any questions, and you can uh, also raise your your hands, and uh, we can have a, a discussion. Um. Great. So um, we appreciate everyone being here. Uh, thanks once again for joining us today. And we really hope that you'll be sharing um, the next webinar series, which we announced really soon. And see you the next time. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm.